You're listening to Quips and Dips, a podcast about nothing and everything. Relax and stay a while. Welcome back to episode four. I cannot believe it. It is me, your mystery host, and welcome to Quips and Dips. I am workshopping a new thing. So as you may know, I've separated my show into two separate days. We're doing all the nerdly nerdle things on Tuesdays and on Fridays. We're getting deep and introspective and sexy. Um, And that's just how we're going to be doing things here. But I have a new segment and we're going to call it Fondue's and don'ts these are gonna be my weekly pet peeves anything that i think is funny or worth talking about for a minute that's where this is gonna go i write them down in my phone and as i go along this is where we end up so to start off my weekly fun do's and don'ts I was watching so if if you don't know and if you don't follow me on instagram you really want to get on there because I definitely have some quality content. And by quality, I mean terrible. Please um, don't worry about it. I last week or I guess, yes, it was about a week ago. I really couldn't help myself. I had a full thought in my head to not do that, um, but I'm going to keep it in. About a week ago, I was unable to sleep. If you watch my Instagram story, I was up until 8 in the morning last Tuesday, or I guess it was two Tuesdays ago from this Friday that you're listening. Um, I was up all night, and all I could watch was Gilmore Girls. I have seen it a million times, and I thought to myself, I got to use this to fall asleep. It's so perfect. I I know it. It'll be relaxing. It Nothing helped. It wasn't just the show, but I got hooked on it, though. Like, I was so invested in making my story all about Gilmore Girls that I didn't stop watching, and I got invested in things like the background. Anywho, why I'm bringing it up is there was a scene. It was, like, in the first season or so, and if you don't know the show, I'm just going to kind of talk about the characters generically so that you kind of understand it's a daughter and a mom and they were talking they were like the daughter was getting the mom to donate some of her clothes to a clothing drive that they were running and she says anything that you wouldn't want to be caught in during a car accident can go and that made me think this isn't a pet peeve this is definitely a fondue (laughs) I don't think that's a bad way to go about picking your clothes (laughs) Um, now I've been in bachelor mode lately. And so in my head, I was thinking like ball gowns from now on. If I'm going to be found in a car accident unconscious, I definitely think a ball gown is like the route I want to go. But then I thought about that and I was like, that's whack. Like I had to go everywhere dressed in a ball gown. Or I have to change in and out of my car. Like, oh, what a hassle. So, but it's a funny thought to me. Like, that's a good point. You know? 
maybe just me. It's hard when you're alone. You don't know if anybody else feels this way. <laughs> so that's just what I'm feeling right now. You let me know. And then the other thing I wrote down that was just a random funny thought was, do you remember sending a risky text to like a guy? Well, as like a podcaster, I feel like I've sent like risky messages, not because I'm trying to hit on anyone, but I'm trying to like grow my community with other podcasters and I'll send out messages to people if I think that we would have good banter to have them on my show or to be on their show and so on and so forth. Well, I messaged this one podcaster and they didn't answer right away and then I had this anxiety and it reminded me of like when I when I was younger and I would do that like I would send like a guy a text and I'd be like oh my god what's he gonna say is he gonna think this is good bad and it would take so long to answer you would just think the worst like they're never gonna talk to you again um but then the you become so paranoid that I actually said this podcaster said something along the lines that they are Mrs. B and I was like, why did you call me Mrs. B? And I got crazy because I'm a mystery host and my last name starts with a B and I thought they knew my identity. I was like, am I going to have to kill this person? No one can know. It is so hard to keep your identity off um, because Instagram connects to all your shit and it drives me fucking bonkers. The first night I released my podcast for about half an hour it's actually my trailer for about half an hour it said my actual fucking name on spotify and i was like how the fuck do i get rid of this right now because i the whole point of me being anonymous is my safety of feeling like no one has to know who i am whether they know me or not i can just be this persona and that was my whole plan I just always wanted this I also you know some people ask me actually it happened to me recently on Twitter somebody's like you know why the anonymous thing part of the reason is I want to be able to speak freely about things I'm going to talk about on this podcast even today without people knowing and you'll understand why after we get through today's podcast and then part of it I mean, the truth is that I'm kind of ugly and I just feel that I'd have more success if people didn't know what I looked like. You can just use your imagination, okay? I've gotten a lot of compliments on my voice. I can't stress to you enough how much it means because to be honest, I hate listening to my voice. I cringe at it. But you know what? Thank you all for appreciating it. Seriously, it means the world to me. Okay. On my other list of this is the last thing of my fondues and don'ts. My fondant of the week is me putting in my ad two times on my second episode. Ugh. If you guys use Anchor, then you might know. You might have ever felt this struggle. I just didn't understand it. I'm new to editing. I'm new to everything. Um, this was a serious fondant. I was so mad that I put in my ad twice and I could not remove it. I couldn't remove it. But that's okay. 
those are my list of fondues and don'ts. Let's move into today's segment. Since we're keeping things super light and fun, um, I'm going to talk about toxic relationships. Really light, really fun. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship? Have you ever been the toxic one in the relationship? I think that takes a lot of guts to admit if you've been the toxic person. I can say that I have been toxic in the relationship, but not without being provoked. Like we both became toxic, if that makes sense. Um, But it takes a lot to admit that, that you're not just the victim. Like you did things wrong. Um, I asked on Instagram, let's take a look. I said, have you ever been in a toxic relationship? We have 75% of the votes saying yes and 25% saying no. And then have you ever been the toxic part of the relationship? 33% yes and 67% no. Which means those people were either victims of their toxic relationships or maybe they're a little bit in denial. You'll never know. Um, I like to believe the first thing, that they are just victims um, of toxicity. The toxicity in our city, in our city. The toxicity of our city, of our city. I should cut this stuff out, um, but I don't because I have no shame. You have to have some in order to cut something like that out. I just don't have it. But, okay, toxic, toxic, toxic. We got to say on, we just got to stay focused. On brand is what I was going to say. That made no sense. So what are some signs that you're in a toxic relationship? I can only speak from experience. I had two pretty toxic relationships, but the first one was by far the worst one. I was really young when I met this guy. We're going to call him Jim. It's a name that rhymes with his name so that if he does find this podcast – Maybe he'll think it's him, um, but for legal reasons, it's not you, Jim. Uh, Toxic relationships, identifying them. I didn't really know that my relationship was toxic um, until way later, after we broke up even. But when I think about it, I think, wow, I should have seen these things coming. I should have known let me give you some backstory. We were 17 when we met and 22 when we broke up. So it was a, a little under five years. Um, I was about to turn 18 and I had just turned 22. So if that gives you some idea of the timeline. Uh, I met him my senior year of high school. We dated for a long time. Things didn't really feel like too bad until two years in, but to be honest, there were signs long before that. He cheated on me several times and I found evidence of it and I completely ignored it. Let me tell you what, girlies and men, to be honest, this is for everybody. This is my advice corner. If you feel the need to go through somebody's phone, there's a problem from that point. You should identify that this is an issue, regardless of whether you do it or not. Now, for people who go through other people's phones, is it wrong? Yes, you should trust your partner. Partners, what did you do to warrant that? 
is what you need to reflect on. Um, so is going through the phone always wrong? No. Sometimes you need the confirmation and there's no other way to get it. You need that information. Can you recover from that? A thousand percent, yes. Trust can be rebuilt. But you have to, your partner has to identify what they did wrong. They cannot just flip everything on you. Why did you go through my phone? It's none of your business. Well, it is because you're cheating on me and I don't want to be with you, if that's the case. So if your partner can say, hey, I was wrong for this thing, there is hope. Just so you know, I have seen it firsthand. You can recover from things like that. But let's go back to Jim. Jim used to (laughs) make me drive him to parties all over the state. Like I'm talking within 40 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of where we lived and then go home and pick him up later. Like I wasn't allowed to go. Red flag. Ding, 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 ding. That should have been a red flag. But I was young and stupid and I didn't know what a red flag was. I didn't know. So if you're young and stupid or you're old and don't know this information yet, That's a red flag when they absolutely under no circumstances want to be seen with you in public. That means something is going on. Like something is not right when they consistently do not want to ever invite you anywhere. I understand we're not talking like boys night out or girls night out. I'm talking like straight up you're going to a a party and you're not going to bring your SO, significant other if you don't know what that means. Um... There's there's something wrong there. You don't even ask them. I understand. Like, my boyfriend now, he goes to lots of things without me, but that's because I chose not to go to them. He never just, like, doesn't let me go or, like, tells me to drive him somewhere and then leave and go home. That's just not what happens. So when that happened, I should have known, but I didn't. And I stayed And then I found lots of evidence of him emotionally cheating and physically cheating are different. But to be honest, everyone says one is worse than the other. I truly don't believe it. I believe that they're equally painful. I've been through both of them in one relationship. I first found him emotionally cheating, but I found out later that he had physically cheated several times. And if I'm being honest, like neither one hurt more than the other. Physically cheating, you know, that's like a lack of maturity. Um, If it's like a constant thing. And we'll get into cheating one day. I have lots of opinions about it. And they're not what you might think. I'm not just one of those girls that's like cheating is wrong, black and white. There's no way to recover from that. I'll explain. We're not going to talk about that today, though. Toxicity. Toxic relationships. Um, There was cheating emotionally, physically, and I found out and I stayed. I stayed. Why, you ask? Because I was young and stupid. And I'll explain this. When you're young, you don't really, you want to be part of the cutest relationship. On paper, we were so cute. I used to post pictures and write cute captions. And now I don't post anything and it's not because like if you do that that you you're not in love that's not what that means um just for the record if you post about your significant other that does not mean that you're not happy but I did it that's why I did it 
I did it to prove to somebody else that I was happy because I didn't want anyone to know how bad things were. And the reason I don't post at all is because I don't want my relationship public. I don't want to, I don't feel the need to post. He doesn't even use social media. Like, I don't feel the need to do that. But that doesn't mean that people who do it are not in love. So let's make sure we make that clear. Because I'm sure plenty of people post about their relationships and they're perfectly happy. I think we're talking about the people that maybe overdo it a bit. Maybe then we question a little bit. Um... But, you know, I'm not here to judge anyone's relationship. I am not a judge, jury, and executioner. I cannot tell you when you're happy and when you're not. I can only tell you what I did from my experiences. My ex-boyfriend used to have these episodes. Jimmy. Jim used to have these episodes where he would be in this almost fugue-like state where he would, like, throw stuff. Not necessarily at me, but, like, we would be in the same room, so... It would feel like it was at me, but it, it it wasn't. It's hard to explain. And I had to like bring him to the hospital several times. After we broke up, it turned out there was actually something wrong. Um, and before you ask me if I felt guilty, um, the answer is still no. I left him because of the cheating and the lying and the fact that he, for five years almost, we dated and never once did he say that he loved me. That is a good reason to leave. It is not because he had all those mental breakdowns. In fact, I would have rather taken care of him and helped him through that had he not done all the other things. And the things that occurred after we broke up made me realize I was absolutely a thousand percent correct. He defaced my car. He sent me fraudulent emails pretending to be a nurse at a hospital saying that he got beat up and he was accusing me of being responsible. He threatened to leak my nudes. Sidebar. I always joke around about this, but I'm like half true. If somebody ever leaked my nudes, I don't even think I would be that mad. Low key, my nudes are really nice. And if everyone got to see them, I would just be kind of proud because I don't look like that anymore. So no one would even know what I look like. I am so ugly now. Like, ugh, you would be so disappointed. <laughs> um... So I wouldn't be, I would I don't think I would be mad about it to be honest. And I said this back then and I'll say it now. Uh but everyone feels differently. I guess it's like privacy. I don't have that. Like I don't care. Bodies are bodies. They're beautiful. Right? Some, you know, not mine. But it is what it is. Like I guess I'm just not like shocked by naked bodies. It doesn't do it like the x factor doesn't like it doesn't make me think differently of somebody if i've seen them naked if that makes sense um so how do you leave a toxic relationship unfortunately so much easier said than done i wish i had better advice you have to wake up one day this is what i did i this is how it helped work for me and you have to decide that you want better for you uh, it's not easy to see that though so good luck to be honest I'm not here to like really help you I'm here to just tell you what I went through <laughs> wake up one day and realize you can do better than this what my boyfriend did to keep me around for so long was to basically tell me that nobody else could ever care about me so I had to stay with him because that was it that was as good as I was gonna get and it worked on me for a really long time. It kept me nice and docile, kept me nice and in check. And then one day I was like, oh, fuck this. I can do better. 
And I did. I did so much better. Not just with the fact that after my relationship, I was able to be free. I'm a very like open and sexual and passionate person. I was able to open myself to the world in a different way. And I don't just mean sex. I just mean I was able to open myself to new experiences with people not sexually and sexually because I did both. And I wasn't like a a slutty slut, if that makes sense. But I'm not here to shame people who do just do it with anybody. I was pretty selective, but I definitely was more open to the world. And... I traveled a lot and I met a lot of really cool people, men, women, whatever. It was really fun. And then I met another guy a few years later and he was a lot older. And this is toxic relationship number two. Um, He doesn't really have a name that rhymes with his. So we're just going to call him Chester. Chester was different. He was 34 and I was or 35 and I was 24. That was what should have been my first red flag. And this is not for everybody. Obviously, age is nothing but a number. But it means a lot. When you're 24, you're pretty fresh out of school. You're pretty new to the world. I don't know that dating somebody who's 35. I wouldn't even date somebody who's like 24 like now. My boyfriend is 25. But he's very mature. But I don't know that I would, if I met somebody who was 24, if I would automatically be like down for it. Um, It would definitely take a lot of like getting to know them and see how they are. Maturity levels are definitely different for everybody. I met this guy and he seemed like he was fun and youthful enough that we would connect in the middle somewhere because I was a little bit more mature than my age. And we did kind of meet in the middle for a bit. But unfortunately... The toxic parts came. He would shut down. Just shut down sometimes. He had his issues and I was very supportive. But he would just shut down sometimes and not talk to me. And when somebody does that, it makes it really hard. Communication is so important in a relationship. So like that one was toxic in a way that he kind of forced me into doing things I didn't want to do. Like He forced me to move in with him, which I was definitely not ready for financially or emotionally. And now I've been with my boyfriend for triple the time I was with that guy. And we've talked about moving in, but I'm still not even like ready. Um, I'm also not, you know, with Corona, losing my job financially. We're not there either. But if I was, I still think I would want to wait a bit. Um, I want to be in a really good like I mental headspace for my personal self because I'm very, very, very scarred from that relationship where I moved in. Nine months into dating, we moved in together. Not even. Uh, I feel like it was sooner. No, nine months in, we moved in together. And that was when I was like, wow, this was a shell, like shell shock, culture shock, whatever you want to call it. But wow, it was tough to do that. So how do you leave? You really need to wake up, make the decision, and just do it. What do you do afterwards? Once you break up, what do you do? My best advice, and I give this to men and women, gays, girls, theys, whoever, this is for everybody, you need to cut off communication entirely. 
if there is not a child involved, you need to just let it go. You break up for a reason. And that is the best lesson I learned from Jim. I cut Jim off and Jim didn't leave me alone for two years or three years after we broke up. Um, but I cut him off completely and I was mentally able to move on long before my next relationship. And that was a lot better for me. And then when my last relationship ended, it was very easy. I just cut it off. I blocked the numbers, block everything. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. My ex-boyfriend used to say all sorts of things to try to trigger me to come back. He used to threaten me, used to threaten my family, used to say all these. He was a big talker, but I never responded to his messages, and that made him crazy. So my best advice, move on. Do not message them, and you will move on. Do not talk to them. That's it. If you do, that's on you and you you can't blame them for thinking you left the door open. And I know that's harsh, but it's the truth. If you don't have a child with this person and you didn't own a house with this person, like something that would really make sense to like talk to them about afterward, cut them off. You don't need them. You don't. Let it go. Breathe. <sighs> so much better. Promise. And what do you do to move on? I started to focus my like I mean I was in my 20s so I started to focus on my future and what I was going to be doing but this works for all ages find something you enjoy and start investing your mind and your time into it it'll bring you closer to people with similar interests it'll bring you some peace and solace and I think that's the best way to go about it personally that's what I think so do with that information what you will but those are my two cents on toxic relationships identify that you're in one figure it out and then take time but muster up the strength to do it as quickly as possible do not waste time on people that are not worth your time and that's all I have to say I also want to add in I am not a doctor I have no professional experience with this. Everything what I'm talking about is a personal experience. But I will say, again, the cutting them off thing was probably the only thing I'll ever stand by in like a court of law and swear by it on everything that I know. I cut them off, 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 cut them off. That's it. That's it. So for those of you who are able to identify when you're the toxic person in the relationship, you need to take a step back and apologize for what you've done and grow from it. But if that person lets you go, let them go because they had a reason. And for your next relationship, learn and grow. That's all you can do. So when I realized I was also being toxic in a relationship and not being perfect, but you learn, you grow, and for the next person, it's better. Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, if you enjoy these podcasts as much as I do making them, please subscribe, rate, and review. I would truly, truly thank you for it. These podcasts are for fun, but they're also something I would love to pursue and make better. So if you can, support this podcast. 
donate, whatever you can do to help. I'm working towards saving money for a new mic so that I don't have to hunch over as much uh, and that I can have better sound quality. But I've done a pretty good job with the editing, to be honest, and I do toot my own horn. But thank you so much. Follow me at QDips on Twitter, Quips and Dips Podcast on Instagram. And let's get talking. I have lots of questions. I want to finish this show out because I don't talk about politics and I made it my policy. But quickly, I'm going to say congratulations to President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Very excited to see what happens in the future. This was a huge step in history. I think people don't realize what we're watching right now is a huge part of history. I feel like people do not get it. What we've seen over the last 10 years, more than that, 12 years since Obama stepped into office, we've been watching history evolve right before our eyes. What we're going through now is going to be in the history books. And whether or not they teach it properly or not, you know, it's not really up to us. But holy shitolies. I hope you guys had a great day. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Over and out. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Quips and Dips. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you in the next one.